Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> so we only got till 730 tonight and a lot of things that you and I have to discuss. We've got Harvey. We've got Julian as well. They're producing the program. And if you want to get me on Twitter, feel free to reach out at Dan Grasser, G-R-A-C-A. So we'll start with the football here because... You know, we we hit a lot on the Giants last night, and roughly and, and and rightfully so on the overreaction Monday, and they're fighting it a little bit right now, at one and four. It goes without saying, and and there does not appear to be any sort of light at the end of the tunnel when talking about this football team right now. And you know, th- there seems to be just this like shock and awe and uh, like astonishment. Like, how did this happen? How is this possible? How have they sunk so low? But if we could just rewind a few months and go back to the summer, right, when we had all that time to look ahead to the football season and all that time to discuss the possibilities of what might happen, what could happen, what the team could be, what they should be, worst-case scenario, best-case scenario, all those lazy summer conversations. But wasn't this on the table, right? Like, wasn't this a possibility all during those days and weeks and months? that the Giants might end up worse off than they were in 2022. So is this really shocking? Is it really surprising? You know, take a step back? Sure. Absolutely. Maybe they were ahead of schedule in year number one under Brian Dayball, Joe Shane? Absolutely. Right? These were all up for discussion. And that was okay. That was acceptable. But remember, we also kind of cautioned that with as long as the quarterback has another good year, and it just continues to further the confidence you have in this guy that he just might be the long-term answer for you at the game's most important position. Right, that was the disclaimer. Giants miss the playoffs. Giants maybe win seven games, eight games, but as long as Daniel Jones continues to go in the right direction, everything is going to be okay in Giant land. Fine. But that hasn't happened. No way, no how. They've played five games, and they've played one good half of football. One good half. Nine bad halves of football, one good one. And that just is not acceptable. And it's hard-pressed, or you'd have to be hard-pressed to think right now that things will turn around for them, even though you still have 12 games remaining on the schedule. Guys, you've got the worst point differential in the entire National Football League by leaps and bounds. You're only five games into the season, and you're sitting there at a minus 91. Minus 91. I mean, just on the scoreboard alone, that game that you had in Miami on Sunday, that was your closest loss all season. And did you ever think for a millisecond that the Giants were in that football game? I said it last night, even the Jason Pinnock pick six after that happened, and it was 14-10, to 10, I still didn't think that they were going to be able to hang with the Dolphins for four quarters, and they didn't. And now the situation involving Daniel Jones, which is a little bit of a concern, I would say. He's got a neck injury. Now, you could qualify that and say, well, it's different than the one that he dealt with a couple of years ago. But you know what? A neck injury is a neck injury. You know, that is a problem. 
And that, to me, presents a sense of urgency when talking about the welfare of this franchise. And how did he suffer the neck injury? Well, because he's playing behind an offensive line that essentially has tried to get him killed this year in five games. And if you want to question the plan, if you want to question the direction of where the franchise is going, I think that that's a fair one first and foremost. You could start there. Was it sensible to come into this season assembling an offensive line that lacks so much depth in critical areas that if you are to lose one player like an Andrew Thomas, who we know is really, really good, why did the rest of the offensive line and why is the rest of the offensive line crumble to the state that it has? And why don't you have any sort of dependable backups or any guys that you would feel comfortable kind of shuffling around on that offensive line to where it wouldn't just completely crumble to the state that it has? Now, Daniel Jones was on the Up and Adams podcast. That's the K. Adams vehicle, by the way. And was asked to discuss his neck injury and where it is right now. Different than what I've dealt with in the past. So just trying to heal up as quickly as possible and follow the advice from the trainers and doctors. But I'm feeling better. I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. It's a neck injury, but different than the last one. And and, uh, hoping I can heal up quickly and doing everything I can to get out there as soon as possible. Yeah, because he's well-schooled, right? He's not going to go out there and tell the whole world what exactly the issue is. I'm sure that Brian Dayball and company have drilled it into him and all the other players. Don't talk about injuries. Don't discuss your problems. Leave that to us because then they're not going to tell you anything either. But he was also asked if he plans to play against the Bills on Sunday. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. I'm going to do everything I can to be out there. And Yeah, that's certainly the goal. You know what? There's a goal of mine. I guess it's a dirty little secret. I'll tell the world right now that I plan to win a million dollars by Saturday. I don't know how realistic it is, but it might happen. It might not. But that's the goal. I don't know how confident I am in it, but that's the goal. So I can't sit here and tell you if Daniel Jones is going to be on the field on Sunday night in Buffalo, because remember something. Let's rewind a couple of weeks, boys and girls. Remember when the Giants were coming off of that loss to what wasn't even a loss. It was a win when they beat Arizona. And Saquon Barkley got hurt late in that game. And then they had that quick turnaround where they had to play the 49ers on that Thursday night. Remember, Brian Dayball was telling the world and trying to convince everybody that there was a chance that Saquon could even play that game on a short week, on a short turnaround. Right up until essentially like the day before. So if he's going to tell you right now that, yeah, you know, there's a chance Daniel Jones could. Of course he's telling you that because he wants the Buffalo Bills to think that Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback that they have to game plan for. And let's face it, the way the offensive line is playing right now for the Giants, I mean, who the hell knows how long Tyrod Taylor can even last behind that line? You might see Tommy DeVito play at some point. They might need to get him up and dressed and active for that game on Sunday because that's how precarious the situation is right now. And, you know, I I, I sit there, and, and I got into this a little bit last night when we were recapping the way things went down in Miami. But is this really doing a service to Daniel Jones? And, you know, we were the ones that were duped. You know, we were the ones that essentially had the rug pulled out from under us once they started playing games because, shoot, maybe we should have seen this coming. We just thought that, well, you know what? They made the playoffs last year. The organization is headed in the right direction. They return largely the same cast of characters, and especially on that offensive line, you were like, well, it was good enough to win last year. It should be good enough again this year. And it's not. It's not. So... Not only are you lacking depth on the offensive line, and look, injuries happen. I get it. It's a cruel sport. It's vicious. And it waits for no one, and it apologizes to no one. Lack of O-line depth, 
You don't have any game breakers at the wide receiver position. And, oh, by the way, you have a running back who you handled his financial situation wisely. I'm not going to sit here and say that they didn't because I think they were smart about it. But he's also an injury-prone running back. And he's also somebody who just happens to be your number one playmaker on offense. And you haven't had him either for a good chunk of this season. You played five games. You've had five different starting offensive line combinations. Who can win behind that? Right? What quarterback can go out there and thrive and succeed with all of those variables that you add up and put them into the blender? You know what it spits out? It spits out one and four with the worst point differential in the National Football League through five weeks. That's what it spits out. So, again, is it doing a service to Daniel Jones? You paid him the money. You gave him a four-year contract, essentially saying you want him here, right? I don't think that you're viewing him as a placeholder, but the way that the deal is structured, it's a two-year contract. They could get out from under it next year, after next year. But are you really giving him the best chance to succeed? Like, if you want him here, if you want him to be the guy, or at least go out there and prove that he could be the guy, did you give him enough resources that will allow him to be successful? So really and truly, is it fair to blame Daniel Jones for everything that's happened here over the first five weeks of the season and where this season is supposedly just nosediving towards? I get it. He's the quarterback. He makes a ton of money. All 32 teams. The quarterback is the guy that it's going to absorb all the bullets, all the criticism. I get it. It comes with the position, right? I brought it up last night. I'll recycle it one more time, though. I take you back to a comment from the owner, the guy who signs the checks, early in 2022, before the 2022 season, before the playoff season, before Daniel Jones won a playoff game and played his best game in that afternoon in Minnesota. To where the owner said, we've done everything possible to screw this kid up. So save for a one-year respite in 2022, Giants seem to be back to their old tricks again, doing everything they can to screw this kid up. So you know what? Daniel Jones may never have been your cup of tea, and you might have thought that Dave Gettleman reached by taking him as high as he did in that draft, and look, a lot of us did. Okay, I was right there with everybody. But if you want the guy to be your quarterback, and if you legitimately want him to have a chance to prove that he could do the job on a long-term basis, meet him halfway. Give him a shot. Give him a chance, right? Let him try to be successful because it ain't, it ain't working this way. This ain't the way you do it. Otherwise, you could just let him walk in the offseason. Why did you have to go through all that stuff? Why did he have to change agents? Why did there have to be all the back and forth and, and turning down contract offers last season, early in March, whenever it was? Right? This thing could have been settled real easily. Say, bye, Daniel. Thanks for the memories. Next time you come in, we'll give you a video tribute. And then the Giants could have used a placeholder quarterback this year, whether it was Tyrod Taylor or whoever, some other veteran, went out there, won three, four games, if that, and then positioned themselves to where they're going to be picking in the top five to get one of these primo quarterbacks in the 2024 draft. That could have been their plan all along, and it would have been a hell of a lot cheaper than paying Daniel Jones. But that isn't the way it went down, is it? I don't think... This season 
is salvageable for the New York Giants. I don't. Because I don't think that they're going to be able to wave a magic wand and all of a sudden you're going to find five guys on that offensive line they are going to be able to block well enough so this offense can operate. And whoever's back there playing quarterback is going to be able to actually run the show and make plays. And it stinks. It stinks we're having this discussion five weeks into the season and he's still got all these games to play. That's the crummy part about it, because you'll wait all offseason. And if you're a Giant fan, you were excited about this year after what the team accomplished last season. And now this. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Like I said, we got a lot to get in today and not a lot of time to do it. We're rolling till 730. Then it's playoff baseball with Baltimore and Texas. So get these phone calls in now at 800-919-3776. We're talking Giants. And when we come back... Apart from the quarterback, there's a lot of rumblings bubbling beneath the surface here a little bit that this is somehow a reflection of the head coach and that the head coach should be called into question for the team's performance this year and that maybe, just maybe, his job status should be called out maybe at the end of this season if things don't get any better. Interesting. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's grass until 7.30. Then you got Orioles Rangers right here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. So no Grasso on Wednesday and no Grasso. Yeah, it's not that. Hold the, hold the button, Harv. No Grasso on Thursday either. Although, better reason. We got Rangers hockey on Thursday, right? Ranger Hockey. There you go. Donnie will be on the pre and post, of course, so the Ranger opener. And as far as Friday is concerned, um, check your local listings is about the best way I could put it because we're either going to have a normal football Friday show, the full shebang, or we might be looking at an abbreviated show, again, based on the baseball playoffs. So we got to see how the series play out and uh, find out if we're going to be on on Friday. But you also killed off two family members. That's true. Who was that in reference to, by the way? Because that's not something that I would advocate, by the way. Do you remember? I'm not sure. Um, I'm guessing it was like a Brady thing. I'm not even sure anymore. <laughs> Brady. <laughs> Look at me throwing that out there. People? No, he's not. Come on. That's wrong. That's just wrong. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. All right, let's get as many calls up here as we possibly can. Matt and Rockland's going to start us off here on 98.7. Hello, Matthew. How are you? Good, man. What's going on? Uh, Madam, good. My question: It's about the, it's about the Giants again. 
why are we still talking about the offensive line just being like a wet napkin? Everyone's running through this team. You got middle-tier players just embarrassing our, you know, first-round pick. But it's the same thing uh, with Eli. The end of Eli's career, he was getting pummeled the same way Daniel Jones is getting pummeled. Why is this still an issue? What is not getting addressed? The difference about it, though, Matt, and thanks for the phone call, and I don't have an answer for you, right? Because obviously they thought that they struck gold. Look, and they did. Andrew Thomas is a damn good player. He's an all-pro. Okay? Andrew Thomas is fine. But they swung and missed in a couple of other areas. You know, the contract they gave in free agency to Mark Lewinsky, that's a swing and a miss. Because they're literally, like, only playing Mark Lewinsky if they have to. He's that far down on the depth chart right now which is not a good sign. Evan Neal, we spent a lot of time talking about Evan Neal last week with the booing and the flipping burgers and hot dogs. That hasn't worked out. It's not to say that it can't turn around, but he's got to be better. He's a top 10 pick. Top 10 pick should be mainstays for you. So the Giants and Joe Shane and everybody, they thought, all right, we got our bookend situation at the tackle position for years to come. But it hasn't worked out that way. Then you have the leaks on the interior of the offensive line too. And then when you have a quarterback who's taken a beating, even though he has mobility. And imagine if Daniel Jones wasn't as big and strong as a, uh, of a quarterback as he is. Right? What if he didn't fit the Josh Allen mold? What if he was like one of these smaller dudes who's maybe a little bit more susceptible to injury? He'd probably be out of there already. Like I said last night, I'm shocked. They should give him like the Medal of Honor. I'm shocked that he lasted even till game five before that offensive line drove him to the sidelines. Let's say hi to Anthony in New Jersey up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Hey, Dan. How's it going? How Anthony, you doing? what's going on? I just want to, just want to make a few points. Um, first of all, it's unbelievable that it's, today's October 10th. We are only like 30 days into the season. On September 10th, you know, I, I'm sitting here listening to Brandon Jacobs come on the show and tell us he believes the Giants are going to be in the NFC Championship game with Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, how quickly that evaporated. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to make a point. Um, Daniel Jones has been sacked 28 times in five games. It looks like the Buffalo Bills lead the NFL in sacks. I believe they have 21 sacks as a team. Yep. And Von Miller is back. I think he came back in London, played a few snaps. He'll be back. I, I don't know. I'd probably sit Jan- Daniel Jones could probably sit this one out. Um, <laughs> um, that's it. I'm going to hang yeah. up and listen. Anthony, look, I don't think you're wrong, Uh, you know, and and whatever they're going to – I mean, look, tomorrow's Wednesday. Everybody's back to work, so you're going to hear from Dave Ball again. He's going to offer up a little bit of an injury update. I would be surprised if he comes out there tomorrow and and, and says anything definitive one way or the other. He's going to probably still want to have Buffalo playing the guessing game, which he has every right to. You know, Robert Sala does the same exact thing. You know, all all NFL coaches do that. And especially at an important position like quarterback, I mean, if you're going to sit there and say, oh, well, we don't know about, a, you know, the right guard, if he's going to play or not, or what our offensive line is going to look like, but the quarterback, most important guy on the team, why should I tell the other guys if he's playing or not? Say it's a game-time decision. Who knows? And then they're not going to find out until Sunday. Anthony in the mail truck, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Do we have Anthony? Uh oh. I think the USPS probably heard some of the and they just cut his line. Maybe they cut off his service. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Mark in Texas is up next here on 987. Hello, Mark. How are you? 
Hey, Dan, how you doing? Mark, what's going on? All right. Now, everybody uh, you know, keeps complaining about the offense, the offense, offensive line. We all know the offensive line is terrible. The offense is terrible. But let's start looking at Wink Martindale in that defense that's given no effort at all. Every team is running through that, that uh, defense like Swiss cheese. They're not giving no effort up front. You got Lawrence, Leonard, Leonard Williams, Thibodeau. Thibodeau plays like he gives like 40% effort every game. And these guys are getting paid a lot of money and they gave no effort at all. The defensive line has been a little bit of a disappointment, right? They went out there in the offseason and they signed a couple of guys. Um, Sean Robinson, the other veteran they brought in, of course, and because that run defense was a sieve last year. It was like Swiss cheese. And to me, it hasn't really been of the satisfaction you need it to be. I'll tell you this, though, if you want a glimmer, Kayvon Thibodeau actually hasn't been bad the last few weeks. You know, he's starting to apply some pressure on the quarterback, which is what you want to see. I think he's already equaled his sack total from last year as a rookie five games into the season, but that's only like a small glimmer. That's only a small little type of, okay, great. What about all the other issues? They swung and missed. I don't want to say they swung and missed, but they're they're feeling a little bit out on the island at the cornerback position, right? Trey Hawkins was a guy who was a great story in camp all offseason, won a starting job, and now he's fighting it. And now you're starting to see why he's a rookie. And he's hit the rookie wall. And now you've had to take some snaps away for him because maybe they're asking him to do a little bit too much. Look, Wink Martindale, if they're going to blitz, if they're going to play cover zero, and they're going to have their dudes out there on an island one-on-one, you know what? That's a lot to put on a rookie's plate. This ain't college anymore. This is the NFL. And especially in this league, where it's a lot more difficult to play that position because you know how the NFL goes about their business. They don't like any clutching, any grabbing, any breathing, any blinking, whatever, at an opposing wide receiver or else they're going to throw a flag at you. Right? Here, before we get back to the phones, though, I, I just want to say this about the head coach. You know, some people are throwing it out into the universe about his job status maybe at the end of the season, like if things just crash and burn. Because everybody wants to, like, go back to Ben McAdoo. And that's a comparison, right? McAdoo playoffs first year, Dayball playoffs first year. McAdoo didn't even make it through his second season because things just completely exploded for all the wrong reasons. That's not this. The comp is silly, in my opinion. Ben McAdoo, number one, lost the room, right? He lost the room. There were too many fires that were in that room that he couldn't put out. And so far, there's been zero evidence of that with Brian Dayball, right? Remember the Evan Neal fiasco from last week, which is like the number one talking point of conversation in New York sports for about 24, 36 hours? What about it today? It's done. It's over. Gone. Finished. And Evan Neal went out there and didn't even play all that great on Sunday. It's over with. So there's still a strong bond in that room, but punting on head coaches after one year, two years, I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. And the Giants have been as guilty as that as any organization. They've had five different head coaches in nine years, and I'm not even counting Spagnola when he came on as the interim coach for um, McAdoo. Five head coaches in nine years. You want to keep going through that turnover? You think that's conducive to building a winning program? Of course it's not. And there's plenty of examples I can give you about guys who maybe didn't get or, 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 or that, that were given a little bit of a leash to turn a program around. 
one of the most respected head coaches right now in the NFL. He's the head coach of the best damn team in the sport. Remember what Kyle Shanahan's first couple of years were like in San Francisco? Six wins, four wins, went to a Super Bowl, came back off the Super Bowl, six wins again. So three of his first four years, losing records. And then he went to championship game, championship game, and he's off to a 5-0 and start, and he's got the best team in the sport. Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals. I was one of the millions saying, why is Zach Taylor even a head coach in the league? He won two games his first year, four games his second year, and then a funny thing happened along the way. He got a quarterback by the name of Joe Burrow, and it's been winning ever since. Does Brian Dayball have the talent that Kyle Shanahan has, that Zach Taylor has in Cincinnati? Even Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's first three years with the Cleveland Browns as a head coach, six wins, seven wins, seven wins. He's 11 games under 500 in his head coaching career without the services of one Tom Brady as his head coach. I don't know. Just reading and hearing all those things, it's almost as if great coaches need great players to be great coaches. Wait a sec. Great players make great coaches. Hmm. Wonder where I heard that before. 800-919-3776. We'll sprinkle in some Jets when we return. Aaron Rodgers appeared today on the McAfee Show, his weekly spot. We'll hear from him. Also, your phone calls. We roll till 7.30. Then it's Orioles-Rangers baseball right here on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking about some football here. State of the Giants, a little bit of Jets as well. Jets and Eagles coming up Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Our coverage will get underway at 225 with the pregame show and a big one for the Jets. Going into the bye week, if you can even up the record at 3-3, have the week off, kind of exhale, recharge the batteries, and then welcome a part of the schedule, which is not as daunting as the ones that you've seen certainly in the first month of the year when you factor in the Giants, the Chargers, the Raiders. There's some winnable games there and a chance for you to build some momentum and have a season. Aaron Rodgers, who, of course, is the fallen quarterback, he had his weekly appearance on the Pat McAfee show earlier today and talked about the Jets getting that big win in Denver on Sunday for his old pal Nathaniel Hackett. 
I was a little nerve-wracking, for sure, at times. But I loved every minute of it. I think one of the coolest things is watching the end of that game, just to see how people love Nathaniel so much. And, you know, he's not going to make a big deal about it, but he's a man. And those comments were poor in the beginning of the season. And we all wanted that for him, for sure. And so I'm really happy for him, happy for Zach. You know, he made some big-time throws. He made a big throw on a stick knot to Big Conk down the middle that was really important. Had a couple other big third-down conversions. And then, you know, Quincy coming up with a big strip sack and Bryce picking that up and running. It's pretty special. So proud of our boys. That's a big win for us. Awesome for Hack. Again, you can see all the love. I mean, just nonstop hugs. Solid gave him the game ball afterwards. And just really proud of our guys. Look, it was a good win. They left some plays out on the field, as we talked about. It was a little too close for comfort, but a win is a win. You don't give any of them back. It's hard to win in this league, and you're going to have to be a lot smoother, a lot crisper against the Philadelphia Eagles coming up on Sunday because, as we know, they are a step up in class compared to what the Denver Broncos are. We know that, and Jets are going to have to go the rest of the way without Elijah Vera Tucker. And here was Garrett Wilson earlier today at his weekly spot on Barton Hahn talking about losing ABT. This is a huge loss for us. You know, obviously he's a great player, a player that can can play every single position on the O-line and also just his presence in the huddle and in the locker room. I mean, this is a, a huge loss for us. And and back-to-back years, you know, we losing. I know AVT doesn't say too much, man, but when he does, it holds a lot of weight, especially with the guys. And my heart's with him, man. I, I feel terrible. I know that this is one of those things that's not it's not easy to to insert someone in and you try and say next man up, but that's not always real. Someone's going to have to step up and, and, you know, do their best. But ABT is one of those pieces for us that's, that'll be, you know, impossible to replace. And, you know, I just wish him a speedy recovery, man, because uh, that's a special, special person on and off the field and seeing him on the flight back, man, you know, and, and knowing that, it, you know, it wasn't the best news. Um, very uh, emotional about that. Yeah. Copy, paste, retweet. Everything that Garrett just said. I mean, you feel for the guy, you feel for the player. And, and he, like I said, knowing him a little bit, he, he's a super dude. Um, you know, just trading a couple of texts with him back and forth yesterday. Obviously, he's down. But, you know, I know the team's got his back, and hopefully he comes back better and stronger than other. It just stinks for him, though, because, you know, from an earnings standpoint, this is going to be, what, one, two, three. Next year is going to be year number four. Right. And, and, and the last two years for him ended prematurely due to injury, which stinks. And, you know, hopefully, you know, he has a monster fourth year and then the Jets do right by him by locking him up to a contract or picking up the fifth year option, whatever it is. And because um, he's such a talented player, he's invaluable on that offensive line. And now it's next man up and we'll see which way they're going to go here starting this Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. The other news that came out today with the Jets. Several reports, I think Jeremy Fowler was the first one to have it from ESPN, about they're going to explore the possibilities of, you know, dealing with the McCole Hardman situation. McCole Hardman, um, look, we haven't seen a lot of him. He's barely played this year. When he's on the field, he's not really factored in much to the offense, and a lot of people are scratching their heads and wondering why, right? This is a guy who won two Super Bowls. He's a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's got incredible speed. You get him out in space, and, you know, he can impact games, but it just really did not work or it hasn't worked so far this season with the offense. Now, a couple of things with that. Number one, he was signed essentially to replace Braxton Berrios. And Braxton Berrios maybe got a few more touches in the offense than some would like last year under the previous offensive coaching staff. That's all well and good. 
Hardman was supposed to be that guy. You know, you get him the ball, let him use his speed, impact the uh, the opposing defense and trying to get some points up there for you. But it hasn't worked out. And also, he was signed with the intent that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the guy piloting this offense. But now when Zach Wilson has taken over, the offense has had to change a little bit. They're not running the offense the same exact way as they would if Aaron Rodgers was out there. And I think that everybody on the offense, at least in terms of the skill positions and guys who are trying to go out there and put up statistics, I, I think that everybody's had to adapt a little bit over the last four weeks since Zach has taken over. Now, will that change moving forward? Possibly. But, you know, for his part, you know, Hardman hasn't complained publicly you know, he hasn't been divisive in any way, and I think that's good because we know just a year ago they had a wide receiver here in Elijah Moore who decided to um, take things in a different direction, and it got him a one-way ticket out of here when the season was over. Maybe that's what McCall Hardman wants. Who knows? But um, we'll see how this thing goes over the next few weeks. Remember, the trade deadline coming up on Halloween, three weeks from today. So we'll see if anything is going to transpire one way or the other. Let's say hi to Big Coop in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Coop, how we doing? I'm all right, Dan. What's going on with you, baby? Um, Coop, look, I'm, I'm doing I'm great. Just of, I'm just, uh, okay, that's good. I'm just tired of everybody downing um, Daniel Jones, man. Look, Daniel Jones is doing the best he can. You know, um, he can't do anything else with no offensive line. I mean, the, um, Brian Gable, I don't think that we should we should get rid of him. You know, we can't keep trading coaches. We can't keep putting different coaches and different plays into the players' head because they don't know what to go they don't know what to play now. We got all these different coaches with different plays, with different this. So they confused right now. Okay? The defense, they tired. Every time they come out there, Daniel Jones getting sacked, getting hit, they get tired through the course of the game. The defense is good right now. They not great, but they good. They could be better. You know what I'm saying? If they had time to rest and they could come out there and they're looking forward to something. They not they can't they go out there and stop somebody pouring out, they come back, they can't even get past, they can't get a first down. You know, that, I mean, of course that's gonna wear your defense out. You know, Brian Gable, it don't take five games to realize we got a seven round pick, right? That's a bus. He's a bus. He's no good. Put somebody else out there. Let somebody else get a name. Let somebody else earn some keeps if he's not gonna do his job. I know they're not good, they're not deep in depth, you know, as far as backups, but you could put somebody else out there, okay? These coaches, this offensive line, look, we was doing great last year when we were doing the Wildcat. We didn't know if, we didn't know if Jones was going to run or was he going to give it to Barkley. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't know. They were was, was setting many defenses off. They didn't know which way to go. They got to come back with that Wildcat offense. They can do it. Daniel Jones, they give us 30, 40, 30, yard, 30, 40 yards a game. Just run it. Okay, they got to change up some kind of way because the offensive line is garbage. Coop, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. Coop, I I, I really don't disagree with anything you're saying. And and I do thank you for the phone call. I'll throw this out there, okay? And it's still a little premature because, look, I am the guy who will sit there and drum it into people's minds as much as possible. I, I, I think one of the biggest, phoniest things that we do in media, okay, is the immediate grading of drafts, like five minutes after the pick is made. you got to let draft choices play out for at least three years before you have any sort of an idea whether it was a good pick, whether it was a bad pick, whether it was a reach, whether it's not going to work out, whatever. 
Okay, so I still am not going to sit here and say yes or no to any of these guys that Joe Shane has brought into this program over the last two drafts because that's all he's responsible for, right? 22 and 23 with the draft. But let's be real. How many of these guys over the last two drafts that Joe Shane has presided over, how many of these guys have popped so far for the New York Giants? 18 draft choices, by the way, over the last two years. 18. Who's the biggest game breaker? Who's the, who's the best draft choice that Joe Shane has had right now bringing into this program? You want to say it's Kayvon Thibodeau? Okay, well, remember, last year was kind of underwhelming for him as a rookie. This year, as I said, he's playing well the last few weeks. Great. You know, I thought Daniel Bellinger had, like, a decent season last year, given the expectations as a fourth-round pick, but they went out and brought in Darren Waller. And then the draft class this year, like, who has stood out so far? You know, Jalen Hyatt, all this expectations and, you know, everything that he could do with the speed and stretch in the field, right now his route running needs some polishing. And you're starting to see why he's a little bit of a project. Because all those other intricacies that you need to have as a wide receiver in the National Football League, I think he's still trying to figure out. Right? Banks is now taking a step back as a rookie. It's a little too much for him. It stinks that Schmitz got hurt. Because he was off to a nice little start at the center position. But really, go back and look at these last two drafts. Like, can you say definitively who the best player has been for the Giants? And then you have Evan Neal, who was the seventh overall pick in the draft last year, which has been nothing short of almost disastrous so far. Give him some time. You know, he gets another year or so for some of these picks. But right now, not exactly wowing, are they? 800-919-3776. Jet calls, giant calls. To close it out when we return, Dan Gross's show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. One more program reminder. Remember, no show tomorrow because of the playoff baseball. No show Thursday because Rangers season opener. And it's TBD for Friday. We're either going to have our normal football Friday show or we might have a shortened one again, depending on how some of these playoff series play out over the next couple of days. So uh, follow me on Twitter, at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A, and we'll let you know where we're headed. Let's say hi to Kenny and Queens up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Kenny, how are you? Yeah, Dan, how you doing? You What's know, up, besides not behaving to draft quarterbacks the Jets have done a terrible job besides Garrett Wilson on drafting wide receivers and then they don't know how to develop them they don't know how to use them properly I mean I don't get it what happened with Hardman I mean do you trust Gibson and Irv Charles before you give Hardman a chance to play? I mean, I just don't get it as far as that. I mean, I would have loved to have seen them go after Claypool, who I've always liked as a wide receiver. And you know what? Let's get some offensive help now because we're going to need it. All right? That line is hurt. Becton, Tipman got a little banged up. We need some offensive Help, so let's go trade and get a and if we have to use a draft pick or whatever and get help at that area. But as far as developing their wide receivers, Dan, I don't care what you say, the Jets have done a terrible job. Eliza Moore, Denzel Mims, the list goes on and on with this team. 
But here's the thing, Kenny, and I thank you for the phone call. First of all, Denzel Mims, I don't even know if he's on a roster right now. He might be on somebody's practice squad. Um, Elijah Moore is not exactly setting the world on fire in Cleveland either. Uh, and that's with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. I think he has maybe, you know, like 150 yards receiving on the season. So it's not just a Jet problem. Um, look, it's hard, you know, and I'm sure that over the next few weeks, if Joe Douglas sees an opportunity to better the club, he's going to go out there and make it happen. Now, I saw that Lyle Collins was in for a visit today for a workout. Lyle Collins was a guy who started a tackle for the Cowboys for a lot of years. Last year he was in Cincinnati. And now they need some O-line help with AVT going down. So we'll see if... Um, he's somebody that they bring on board. But, look, I don't care who you have a wide receiver or tight end or running back or whoever it is, the production's probably going to take a little bit of a hit when you swap out Aaron Rodgers and you have Zach Wilson, who's now trying to get acclimated to this offense, which is now going to be something that's more geared toward his strengths as opposed to how it's normally run with Aaron Rodgers, Right. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn up next here on 98.7. Hello, Art. How are you? Hello, Art. Artie going once. Artie's not there. Look at it. A couple oh, of times already please. tonight. Oh, my goodness. Terrible, 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 terrible. We suck. No, I don't think we suck, but, you know, we've got to tighten it up a little bit. It's not our fault either. It's just their phones. Their phones are no good. Subi in Midtown is up next here on 98.7. Hello, Subi. How are you? Hey, Dan. I just wanted to chime in on these uh, Jets offensive line issues and even the Giants and how it relates to quarterbacks. I was watching the 49ers game. Brock Purdy is pretty composed out there, and that relates to the offensive line. And then I was looking at their depth chart. It's not like the names pop up. It's not like their first-round picks or second-round picks. Some of them are third- and fourth-round picks. So could it be – situation where the Giants and Jets both have good coaches on the head coaching side, but their offensive line coaches are the biggest problem. That can be solved in the offseason. And then uh, not only that, I'm just wondering Brock Purdy's composure compared to the, our, our current QBs here in New York. Uh, is that something you can't teach or is that something you can teach? That's all I got to say. I, I don't think it's something you can teach, no, because guys who you know are supposedly – you know, cool, common, collective in college come to the NFL, and it's just the opposite, depending on what situation you've gone into. I talked about Brock Purdy in the Niners last night. Is he in an unbelievable situation? A thousand percent. Is he being coached very well? Absolutely. Does he have a great foundation around him, whether it's a tremendous offensive line, arguably the best running back in the league, you know, great skill position players at wide receiver and tight end? All those things are true. But he's also pretty good. You know, sometimes scouts get it wrong. You know, they got it wrong on Tom Brady. If they had to do that whole draft again in 2000, you think Tom Brady's last until the sixth round if they know now what they knew then, right? Brock Purdy's good. He shouldn't have lasted until the last pick in the draft. Mr. Irrelevant. Now, I don't know if he would be having the same amount of success if he was on another team, if he was on a struggling club, for example. But you know what? You still got to be able to make the right reads, make the right throws, deliver the ball on time. He's doing all those things. Purdy's a good quarterback. Let's say hi to Ray in the Bronx up next here on 98.7. Hello, Ray. How are you? I'm well, Dan. Good night. And, uh, another great show per usual, my friend. Um, Thank you, Ray. I just want to say, yeah, no worries. Um, I, I mean it, man. You're great. But I was arguing with Giant fans per usual earlier today, and I'm a Giant fan. I'll preface uh, with that, and uh, a friend of mine was saying to me that Daniel Jones is comparable 
to, to Dak Prescott, to which I had to argue him and say that he has to stop. I think that's I think that's a felonious statement. One, and but I but I really and I I would love for you to chime in on this because you're the voice of reason in all in, in all of our arguments. But it it seems to me that Daniel Jones, right, who had to me a good season last season, not a great season. Like he didn't have a Jalen Hurts like season. Not a good season, and we paid him. But the seasons prior to that, he had some of the same issues we're seeing now. A lot of turnovers not making reads quick enough, and I'm willing to admit the offensive line this season sucks. But the point that I'm making is we have more data points, right, more data, like during the seasons to say he's more akin to those three seasons under McAdoo regime and the whole nine yards to that quarterback, that guy who turns the ball over, doesn't make quick enough reads, than he is to the guy we saw last season who was just a good quarterback. Not pedestrian, but a little better than that, a good quarterback. And is it fair to just say it then at this point that he's just not a good quarterback? Is that fair? I think he can be a good quarterback, Ray. And I got to let you go because we're running out of time, but thank you for the phone call. Remember, last year things were a little bit more stable. They didn't have as many injuries. Schedule was a lot easier. Remember, they played the AFC South last year, which is four games. You swap that with the AFC East this year. A little bit more difficult, right? You know, Daniel Jones is a different quarterback than Dak Prescott. They have different strengths. But I think that when you reference all those earlier seasons in Jones's career when he was being coached up by, you know, the, the Pat Shermers, the, you know, the Joe Judges guys, that's not Brian Dayball because Brian Dayball showed last year he knew how to use Daniel Jones and play to his strengths. That's why Daniel Jones had all those rushing touchdowns and, you know, made all those plays with his legs. They tried to coach up Daniel Jones last year like a poor man's Josh Allen. And Dayball had a tremendous amount of success with Allen up in Buffalo prior to coming to the Giants. And I think in a perfect world, that's how he envisions him. But you still have to surround him with weapons and tools. You know, Josh Allen, first couple of years in the league, right, he was still raw. He was still fighting it. And then the talent around him got a little bit better. The office went out there and they, the front office went out there, hit a home run, and they acquired Stephon Diggs. So he had himself his game-breaking playmaker at wide receiver. Who's that guy for Daniel Jones? Giants wide receivers, they leave a lot to be desired. They hope that Dan, uh, Darren Waller would be that guy, but you know what? He can only do so much. You saw Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl that the Chiefs lost to Tampa Bay when he was running for his life. And he's the best quarterback in the game. There's only so much you could do if you don't have people setting a foundation for you right up front. All right, we got to get out of here because we got to send you out to Arlington for postseason baseball. Thanks to Julian and thanks to Harvey. We'll talk to you on Friday, maybe. Check the Twitter account at Dan Grassa for updates. Saying good night here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grassa Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>